You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. This morning we want to continue on the subject of the kindness, the mercy of God, the love of God, and how we do receive that into our lives. Uh, Last week, we spoke about the fact that in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7, that this is God's purpose for humanity. He positioned us in order to get this done. In verse 6, let's start from verse 6, it says, And he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, which is now, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, so he might demonstrate his wealth through us, through the currency that he spent which is in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. So he spoke about him lavishing his grace upon us by showing us acts there of kindness throughout our lives. And when you have a visitation of the kindness of God in the life of a person which showed two examples, Ruth was somebody that received God's kindness into her life. And we saw the level of transformation that occurred. A woman who was a Moabite became the grandmother of David. In fact, she didn't even know how consequential what happened to her. All right, really what happened to her in terms of the level of transformation that occurred. Mephibosheth also was brought from the backside and he sat on the table with the king because he experienced the kindness of God in his life. And it tells us about us receiving this kindness. There's a lot to this. Uh, the Bible says he raised us up, caused us to sit together that he might show this. Let me just show you a scripture here in Isaiah 52 and verse 1. And this is the attitude you must have because you've been raised up. You can't be a beneficiary of kindness if, if you are in pity party and all of that. He says, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garment. Now we're meditating on this in the morning. The holy city, from henceforth, there shall no coming to be, uh, to be un- the uncircumcised and the unclean. And then verse 2, it, this why it says, shake thyself from the doors. Arise and sit down, which means take your position. And that's what verse 6 was all about. He caused us to sit down. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. He says, for you have sold yourself. You went down to Egypt, you have sold yourself or not, and you'll be redeemed without money. All right? So to obtain this kindness here, uh, there's about positioning yourself right. For we've been raised up, given a position. We've got to wear that position as a garment there in order to enter into it. So we are looking at this, receiving the kindness of God. 
Uh, the love of God is the most important subject in the Bible. I can say that confidently. Right? The love of God, the revelation of God's law for you is the most significant revelation you will ever have. How do we understand that? Because it tells us God so loved the world. Everything is built on God's love for humanity. That he gave his only begotten son. Right? The whole story of redemption is the love story of the father where he was seeking to have a family in fellowship with him. And so it's the most powerful revelation. Of the three, the Bible tells us love is the most powerful. And when we begin to receive the kindness of God, Lamentations 3 and verse 22 speaks about the fact what the compassion of God will do. All right? It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. So I'll start off from Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. We use this portion of scriptures down to verse 38. And it tells us in Romans 8, 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So Paul is using a persuasive speech here to speak to them, teaching them this, that people that feel that, you know, God is the problem and is hindering and is the one that is not willing. He says, if somebody gave up his only son for your own sake, only child, for your own sake, sacrificed his only child for your protection and well-being. Now, you are saying, or I just think about this from a human standpoint, that somebody sacrificed their only child, a person of great resources, just to help you and to protect you. Then you are saying that that same person, all right, haven't given up the most, all right, precious thing. That this person now is unwilling to give you 500,000 because of some reason. All right? He'll tell you, listen, are you saying that 500,000 was worth more than the life of my only child? That if he spared not his only child, then you should understand the disposition of this person's heart towards you. You should know that this person who gave up their only spared not allowed his son to go through that kind of death. He didn't spare him. How won't he with him freely give us all things? And then he goes on in verse 33 and says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Is God that justifieth? Who is he that condemneth? He says, It is Christ that died, yea, that is risen again, that is even at the right hand of God. He also speaks to us and tells us that by this arrangement he has done, God is the one that has the final say, Jesus, over your life. That anybody that speaks words of judgment, words of condemnation into your life, making pronouncements, all right? They are making pronouncements, all right, with some sense of finality. It says, listen, the only person that has the final say in your life is Jesus Christ himself. Because he died on the cross for you. But it says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justified. Who is he that shall condemn? Is Christ that died for this reason. And is risen again from it. And is at the right hand, all right, to make intercession for us. And you have to be careful about pronouncements that you make, 
all right, in the lives of people. You know, someone, I will quote what I'm saying. 1968, we went for a wedding. She was telling me this. And inside that wedding, this person here, all right, which they're all close relatives, she told me this, said, laughed at this particular person when the child was getting married and was laughing with her close friend who was somebody. Says, this was telling me maybe nine, 2000 something. Now it is almost 40-something years. The person who is laughing now is in the same situation. What you say about people is coming back to you. You must be careful. When you make it by your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. You are not condemning anybody. It is you. Because by your words. It is by my own words, I'll be justified. By my own words, I'll be condemned. It is by your own words, you'll be justified. By your own words, you'll be condemned. Listen, I've told the story before. And I had to ask God for forgiveness before I got breakthrough. All right? My wife, when she applies for visa, she will do Korea. They will bring it to the house. Me, I told her, I said, listen, this Korea thing you are doing, one day these people, they will lose your passport. Oh. Me, I don't do it all. Oh. I will go there, whether there's queue or not. I must collect my passport by my own self. Which Korea? I'm just seen on third mainland, sometimes this man will pack. What if rain falls and rain bitter? What I mean, you are just saying that. I'm not saying what will happen. Haven't you seen it before? They will stop to eat. And your passport is there. I mean, I don't do. I do not do. I collect it by myself. I will go there. So are you saying? She said, no. I believe I'm a believer. When the thing comes, they say, they are bringing from Abuja. And she gets it. Say, can you see? I said, no problem. One day, one day. What now happened was after COVID, I applied to go somewhere. And they said, visa is approved. Then the, the company that uh, they said sent me a text message, uh, collection, it has now been sent. All right, you can track your, your passport and gave me the number. So I was tracking and I saw delivered. So I went to go to the gate out to say, well, they say it's delivered. They say, oh, God, we have not received anything for you. Maybe we receive anything. All right, security in the estate. Ah. I said, but they said delivered. I checked again, delivered. I went to meet them. Ah, I said, that's how those people behave. Or maybe they've carried your passport somewhere. I said, yeah. This day, my words have come back to me. I have never done it before. I went straight on social media. I need help if you know anybody. I, there. I said, today, I have to announce my problem. If you know anybody in this particular company, please, could you contact me? There's an urgent matter. Someone in George Gomez said, my friend said, Pastor, what's the problem? Ah, I said, my passport is missing. And they, well, said we'll try and track it. What happened? Well, to cut long story short, they had delivered it to somebody else's house by my words. And I remembered as it happened the scripture that by your words it will never happen to her. It was me that came to reap what I sowed. Are you following what I'm saying here? So when you are projecting things at other people, be careful. All right? Because the people there is what they believe in their heart. So long as Jesus died for them, that will happen in their own life. If they don't believe your words will have any effect, it won't have any effect. If they believe in the blood of Jesus, it's the blood that will speak for them. But you that said it, all right, it is those you are the one that will have to face, all right, the consequences of those words one day. So he goes on and says it. It is Christ that is at the right hand of God. It says, let's put that up, who maketh intercession for us. And I want to talk about three points quickly this morning as we get into Thanksgiving. What's this intercession about is the first point. And the next verse gives us a clue. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? So it says Christ is making intercession. And then the next scripture says, who is it that shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Now, when we look at Jesus making intercession and praying, we have an example in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and verse 32. And we see that the Lord said, Simon, Simon, this is Peter, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, he said, strengthen the brethren. Now Jesus here was praying and interceding for Peter. And his intercession was that Peter, not that you won't go through things, but that your faith fails not. And he said, Satan has asked that he might sift you as wheat. Now, the message translation, I believe, is the accurate one. All right, and I can show this in scripture. I'll show you. Put up message translation of Luke 22, 31, and 32. It says, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to do what? Separate. Now, what he wants to do is to separate. Separate all of you from me like chaff from wheat. Then he said, but I have prayed for you, particular, you, you in particular, that you don't give in or give out. It means decide to separate yourself when you have come through some time of testing. It says, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start after you've gone through it, which means you are going to experience a fresh start, something new in your life from this experience. So he said, I've prayed that Satan wants to separate as chaff from the wheat. He wants to separate. And I've prayed that that separation doesn't occur. This Sunday, the Covenant Nation welcomes you to worship with us in the city of Port Harcourt. Whether you live or work within or around the Garden City, you can now join Pastor Poju Oyemade as he shares practical insights from God's Word applicable to your life right now. Join us every Sunday at Genesis Deluxe Cinemas, 39 Tombia Street, GRA Port Harcourt, River State. Time is 9 a.m. Invite family members, invite friends, come. Let's experience God's worship and the power in another dimension. Powered by the Covenant Nation. So what he tells us in Romans there, he says, Romans, go back to Romans 8 there. He says, a right of hell maketh intercession for us. Then he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Which means the intercession of Jesus is that you don't get separated, all right, while you are going through things. You don't start doubting whether God loves you and all that. You are not separated from that love. Because he says, if you put your faith in that love, in the midst of what you are going through, it goes in verse 36 and says this. It says in verse 36, for it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for slaughter. So people on the outside might be saying, you know, a sheep for slaughter and all of this. He says, next verse, it says, no, in all these things, you come out more than a conqueror through Jesus that loved us. So if you, says my prayer is this, that your faith remains intact in the love that Jesus has for you. That is not like Isaiah 49 where he says, the Lord has forsaken me. And you start asking, all right, where, all right, is God? 
what has just happened, you start doing that. He says you are not separated from that love that is in Jesus Christ. And that was his prayer there because he said, if you as a person put your faith and your faith remains and you say God is good and his mercies endure forever, that God, you remain a kind God. I don't understand what is going on, but I worship you and I praise you as a kind and a loving father. And you thank him. He says, out of that situation. Now, let me read a testimony here from somebody who was in, but it's a powerful story. Uh, grief and, well, uh, what's the name now? Grief and, um, what's the community group? Grief and, and loss. All right, grief and loss, all right, okay, community, all right, and, and recovery community group there. He says, I was in a very stable, unstable state. And the deepest cut when it comes to our faith is the loss of a loved one. That's the, listen to me, Kenneth Hagin said, the, listen, the, he said, if, if anything has taken people out of, out of Jesus, I'm backsliding, is the loss of a loved one. It is the hardest thing to process in your faith work. All right? I'm, I'm not talking about an elderly parent or that. I'm talking about a loved one. All right? Someone that's younger. It's the hardest thing to do. And if and you know anybody going through that, you should be on your knees praying for that person. It is the most difficult. That thing is the most difficult thing, all right, to do on this earth. When it comes to your relationship, all right, with Jesus and God as your father. Because to conceive a loving God in the midst of that is very hard. And it says, before I joined the GLARC group, which is this group, community group, the grief, loss, all right, and recovery, I was in a very unstable state emotionally and spiritually. I was on the verge of doing some very crazy things. Honestly, I was really down. Tired and had loads of unanswered questions. My down state drove me to check out if the church, that's Covenant Nation, had a community group for people like me who was, who was struggling with the loss of a loved one. I was literally ready to write to pastor, this was testimony and so on, if there wasn't. My suffering the net and finding out about this community group for me was an answer to one of my prayers and proof that God was leading me. Upon joining the group and listening to the facilitators, the turnaround came for me on the 23rd of November 2021 during one of the weekly sessions when a speaker and he writes Mrs. Bolande uh, Shobali, who's a minister here, but Mrs. Bolande, she's married now, we married Deji, Jemmy War here. All right, Jemmy, all right, was invited to share her story and encourage us. And she uttered the words, God cannot mismanage my life. I refuse to judge God by one pleasant event. Now, let me tell you the background because it's also personal to me. All right, now, she and her husband were coming to Travis there in Lagoon, and they stopped to go to take money from an ATM machine. And somebody snatched her bag, and, and the husband turned around to ask them, why do you take that? And a young guy, one of them who was on a motorcycle, came from behind and put the gun right, and the doctors told me, they said this was a marksman, because he only fired one bullet, and the bullet went straight to the heart and split it in nine ways. Now, it was right in front of her that it happened. She carried him with her two children, put him, drove him to the hospital. He, I mean, probably was there before they got there, but that was it. They literally, that day, all right, let me tell you this, for almost one week, I, people were calling me because they knew. So if I, I'm managing director of a bank, called me. He said, I hope you're okay. 
It was during a worship session the next Sunday that I even personally came out of it to be able to preach. They literally carried her. She couldn't walk, you know? You're carrying somebody and the feet is dragging. All right, out of the hospital. I mean, it was, she was. For that person in that state to come and say, I'm not judging God by one event. Tell me, what have you gone through? You lost a job that they were paying you 75000 You want to scatter the, the inner courts of heaven. Nobody can rest. God cannot rest. Nobody can rest. I'm not coming to church. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm leaving the group. I'm not doing that. But I believe my tight. I do this. I do that. I do. Nobody again can rest. Are you following what I'm saying here? That person in that state to say that God, I remain committed and you a God of love. So reach out to that particular place and come to that consciousness. Now, what it says here is that it says Jesus begins to pray. All right? When you are going through things that there must be no separation. This person mustn't decide. This lame foot must be healed, not rather than turned out of the way. There must be absolutely no separation. He's interceding. All right? You are counted as sheep for slaughter. He says things are going to happen that you will come out of this thing more than a conqueror. She sent it to me. I said, I should read this. Because from that point, her life has completely changed. I totally changed and she's remarried from and so on and so on and they're happy and their families are merged together and never complain. But she came out, it was um, something I saw with my own eyes. And she came out of it and came out. And that's why he's saying that, listen, making intercession there, praying that you don't. So as you start going through things, it is the compassion of God. Your faith has to be in the love of the Father. His compassion towards you which means his goodness, and even though you don't understand how this kind of thing, all right, this camera, can they do this to me? How can this happen inside the office? How can they treat me this way? I, you know, I, can I marry into a family where they are behaving like this and all of that? Just put your trust in the love of God. And you put your trust in it and sing, we said this, about the message, and we're going to get to this, about the love and the compassion that God has for you as a person there. So what must we know to receive this love? You have got to know this, that God fully accepts you. On the basis and on what basis does he accept you? This is crucial. When people are not certain about being accepted on a human level, it's even devastating. Which means that if you tell you're going into a room and they say those people don't like you, they don't accept you, and you have to work with them, it's, it's, it's not fun. Now, so it's something you must know if there's a question about acceptance with God and whether God is not accepting you, then, then, then you, there will be real trouble in your work with God. What is basis? Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is, which means based on what Jesus did, we have peace with God. God is at peace with you based on what Jesus did. And he did it on your behalf without your knowledge, without your author authorization. He paid your debt. He satisfied the demands of the courts of heaven. And God said, I am now reconciled unto them. Go and reconcile them unto me is the gospel of Jesus. 
which means God has reconciled. God is reconciled. As far as God is concerned, he is at peace. Now, so what's going on in the story of humanity is like you owed money and there's a creditor, and then you, 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 somebody went on your behalf, you didn't know, paid the bills in full. Then the creditor who was looking for you before is now looking for you, but now he's looking for you to tell you that the bill has been paid, you are now fine. You are running away that this creditor has come to collect money, not knowing that what the creditor is trying to tell you is all is well. Is now I am at peace with you that somebody has paid the debt in full. So as far as God is towards you, he is at peace. He is now at peace with us and we can come to him, all right? This peace he has is towards us, not us towards him. It is not based on what we did that caused God to be at peace with us. It's based on what Jesus did independent of us that brought this disposition towards humanity. So it's based on the work of Christ and not our deeds. Romans 5.8 says, while we were yet sinners, God commended his love in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus died while we were yet sinners, that means he paid the price while we were still in sin and had no idea. This is the steadying influence most believers are in need of. The unchanging and unwavering love that God has towards us. In other words, people can understand this. No matter what happens on the earth, people can walk away from you. People can be angry. Maybe your family can be angry. People can say, God is on your side understand this. If the whole of humanity and every preacher on the continent turns against you, God has not turned against you. This Sunday, the Covenant Nation welcomes you to worship with us in the city of Port Harcourt. Whether you live or work within or around the Garden City, you can now join Pastor Poju Oyemade as he shares practical insights from God's Word applicable to your life right now. Join us every Sunday at Genesis Deluxe Cinemas, 39 Tombia Street, GRA Port Harcourt, River State. Time is 9am. Invite family members, invite friends. Come, let's experience God's worship and the power in another dimension. Powered by the Covenant Nation. Thank you for watching today's program. To listen to the full message or any other messages, please visit www.elibrary.insightsforliving.org And to find out more about the Covenant Nation, visit www.insightsforliving.org Or download the C3 Live app on Android or iOS. God bless you. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org Thank you and God bless.